Welcome to the GNA Podcast, Games, Nerds, and Alcohol, where typically we get drunk and talk about stuff, but uh, I'm not drinking tonight because I have to wake up stupid early tomorrow morning and go to work. Yeah, adulting sucks. So instead, you get sober, Cecil, talking about absolutely nothing. No, actually, I got a, I got a great topic tonight, one that... If anybody's listening, they'll probably know about it unless they're living under a rock. And if you're living under a rock, guess what? I'm about to tell you about some stuff going on. Like some stuff. No, it's not some stuff. It's just one thing. It's not Valhelm. That's what we're talking about tonight. Ah, that, that great game that's come out that's in early access that I both love and hate simultaneously. But first off, what am I drinking? What am I drinking tonight? I am drinking a nice, crisp, cool, Canadian dry, zero sugar ginger ale. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I so wish I had some vodka in this because I've recently started drinking vodka again. And God damn, did I miss, miss vodka. It's so good. So yummy. Mm. Just damn. I've actually just been taking it super easy. I've been drinking some Kettle One and it's just... Nice, smooth, it mixes really well. It's really great on its own, to be perfectly honest. Uh, but I think I'm actually going to venture down the road of making apple teenies. Because, man, I had some apple teenies at this one restaurant, and they were just so smooth, and it, it wasn't even like you were drinking any booze at all. It was just just yummy. So I think I'm going to go down that route and maybe make some apple teenies. I don't know when, but it'll definitely be for a show coming up. State of games. We're just cranking right through this. You know why? Because I, I got to be up stupid early in the morning. And even though it's a Friday, it doesn't feel like a Friday to me because I got to work. Yeah, I'm going to be complaining about that like the whole show. So really, you just got to like either just tough that one out or uh, I don't know, maybe turn me off. I just say tune it out because I really kind of want you to listen. Anyhow, state of games. What have I been playing lately? Well, I've been playing some Valhelm because that game's, as I said, I love and I hate that game. I've been playing a bunch of RimWorld. Fuck you, Damoc. Um, actually, you know what? After the last episode that I was on, I bought Assassin's Creed and I went to go play it. Unfortunately, my computer uh, is either too messed up or too powerful or probably not powerful enough to play fucking Assassin's Creed. I did figure out that I can play it through NVIDIA GeForce now, so I think I just got to re-up that and just buckle down and, and play it through NVIDIA GeForce now. But man, it was just, it was one of those kicking the teeth of really i can't play this i just bought this game and i can't play it um what else have i been playing i've been playing with some red or some uh, raspberry pies i finally finally got around to it and made a a pie hole so it's blocking my network and keeping like 30 percent of the ads off of my viewing screen which is fun but honestly i can't cognitively say i'm seeing less ads or not still see them on youtube still see them on hulu still see them on tubby pluto i mean they're all there just I guess some of them's being blocked. All right. Enough of that bull crap. 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 What the hell am I? What am I, Blue Shark now? Jesus. All right. Enough of that bullshit. Let's get on to some Valhelm here. All right. I took on... So we were supposed to... There was supposed to be like three or four of us here. We're all supposed to take a piece of it and research it and really like crank into this. So part of what I got is going to be super explained and like super out there with all the detail the rest of it's probably going to be like a really bad history project because i just had to throw some stuff together first off developer is iron gate studios or studio sorry not studios 
started 2018 or something like that um, with one guy. His name was Richard Svensson. I think I got that right. Svensson. I don't know why Svensson just in my brain sounds like a, a typical Swedish name. Like I, like I just I, I imagine I'd be like Smith. I'd be walking down the road in in Switzerland and just randomly find somebody and they'd be called Svensson. I'd be like, oh really, Svensson? Shocker there. Um, so yeah, they're a Swedish company. Uh, I believe they started in 2018, or at least they started Valhelm development in 2018. I haven't seen any other games that they've done whatsoever, so I'm pretty sure Valhelm's the, it. So back in 2018. Uh, Richard Svensson started alone. Um, I think it was, uh, where is it here? Twenty uh, Mid-2019's Henrik, ooh, I'm going to kill this name. If you're listening, I am so sorry, but I'm going to try anyways. I'm a professional mangler of last names. In the mid-2019's Henrik Tornvest joined? Well, anyways, so now there's two. So effectively, they doubled their productivity, right? Yeah, sure. Um, by 2020, they finally grew the team out to about five members, which if you think about it, five people making a game, not that much just goes to show you where development has gone from, you know, creating video games back in forever ago when I was knee eye to a grasshopper to now, you know, you got people, you got one person able with all the tools that they can able to make a video game, which is just wild. I'm wondering now. Do I say wild too much? Like, I feel I feel like I don't say wild all that much. But do I say it too much? Is it wild to say wild? Am I dating myself by saying wild? Like, is wild something that people don't say anymore? I don't know. Anyway, as I digress. So they jumped up to a five-person team. Um, they found somewhere in that midst a publisher to jump on and... Uh, you know, they worked out a deal with a publisher. That publisher was Coffee Stain Publishing. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, Coffee Stain Publishing? Who the hell is Coffee Stain Publishing? I thought the same thing when I looked up Coffee Stain Publishing. And you know what I found out? Coffee Stain Publishing did a bunch of games that I recognize. Like, for instance, they devved out uh, Ghost Simulator and Sanctum. Sanctum 2. Uh, if you haven't played Ghost Simulator, that's... It's silly. It's stupid. It's, you know... Just, just go give them money, because they, they deserve it. Uh, games they published, though, Deep Rock Galactic. I don't know if you guys remember that game, but uh, GNA crew, actually the GNA community played it for a while. There was uh, Demaco, Vintage, um, I can't remember if Zyber or Blue were playing it. But there was a few of us in there that would uh, that would get going and play that game. It, it, it's a fun game. It's a, it's a procedurally based, you're dwarves jumping into mines and you've got to go find specific materials and make your way out. You've got different types of dwarves. You are like the healer or the, the brute. It, it's a fun game. It's a fun little game. Uh, they also pub- uh, published other games. Uh, another one was called A Story About My Uncle. Honestly, I didn't have enough time to research A Story About My Uncle, but that game sounds super familiar. Like, I really remember playing that game. Um, yeah. Anywho. So Valhelm came out of closed beta and went into early access on Steam. And holy hell, did it blow up. Um, I think it sold like four or five million copies now. In February, it sold three million copies. It just, it exploded. So obviously, the team is going to expand to accommodate the you know, the growing needs. 
Um, uh, in my research, one of the things that I think they were going to, or one of the one of the roles they were going to fill was a QA manager, just to just to stem the tide of just bug reports and everything. Because I mean, I think best part about early access is that you get a ton more beta testers. The horrid thing about early access is you get a ton more beta testers. So bug reports, everything's going to be coming down the pipe, and it's honestly for a small development team that can be really really overwhelming you know just a, a sea of things that you now have to fix um and then you know now you're granted you're a five member five member team how do you balance your time between okay we're going to fix bugs to we're going to expand um expand gameplay or, ex- or expand it more expand the game more uh, I think Gun Media fell into the same thing with Friday the 13th. They were just getting bugs after bugs after bugs. And they're a small company too. And I remember reading in one of the interviews that they you know, they hit the nail on the head of just how tough it is to balance between development on further game, you know, things that are going to sell the game, you know, DLCs, things along those lines, um, or bug fixes. Um, you know, it's just one of those things of... Where do you balance your time? You want to keep your current um, player base. So you want to keep them happy by fixing the bugs. You also want to increase your player base by making a more polished game and giving other opportunities like, um, you know, with feature sets and whatnot. But plus, you also got to figure out how to make more money. You know, you got to keep that you got to keep that cash flow coming because once you, I mean, granted, like, geez, you, you figure it out. It's uh, well, let's do some dirty math. How about that? Here's some clickety clickety time. So we got 1999. All right. Uh, we're going to times that by, I think it was 5 million. All right. So let's take steam's cut right off the top. So we're going to chop that. So that came out to be about 99, almost a hundred million dollars. All right. Uh, again, bad math. I'm not doing taxes and all that shit. So let's ta- let's take out uh, Steam's cut, which is 30% off the top. So we're going to times that by 0.7. That's $69.70 million right there. So you figure the publishers got to probably take their cut. Um, I don't know. Let's ballpark. Let's make that 15% off of what they got there. Now, I guess the question is, do they take 15% off of the gross sales or do they take 15% after what Steam takes out? Well, let's just pretend it's 15% after what Steam takes out, because, man, if that's off of gross sales, that'd be a kick in the... That'd be like... That would suck still. Anyways, so let's just take take 15% off of that. So it's still $60 million. So $60 million, and I know this doesn't work out, because you've got other overhead and all that crap, but let's just divide that by five. So that's $11 million. So for a majority of those people, they've only been working on the game for a year, two years... Uh, so, I mean, that's $11 million if you just cut it out that way. Now, hell, even if you break that down to $5 million, okay, let's say, let's say over 50% of that ends up being overhead. That's $5 million for a couple years work. Um, I mean, that's enough to keep me happy and developing for the next couple years, I would say. Um, but with that said, money is still eventually going to dry up. So... You, you got to figure out new ways of getting revenue streams. Um, it's not about being greedy. It's about sustainability. Uh, Valhome is probably not going to be the only game that they put into this. 
So Iron Gate Studio is going to have to take those funds and redistribute them and develop more games. Uh, So hopefully, you know, they're a five-man team. Hopefully, one of those positions that they're hiring is a money manager. Because if not, gee, I hope one of them is really great with money then. You know, I hope one of them is an accountant because it's real easy once you get a ton of money coming in, you're riding that high horse to just let let the bills flow, you know, just let it go. And then all of a sudden, you're like looking around going, geez, I just MC hammered this. What the hell happened? So I hope that uh, money management is, is on their plate of things to do. All right, enough bad math. Back to Valhelm. And, uh, so Iron Gate Studio. So that's pretty much the history, like the ballpark history of the game. So what is the game? Geez, I've been, I've been talking about the history of this game. What is the game? Well, the game, in a nutshell, is you're a Viking. Shocker. And you die. Okay, that's kind of shocking. But you didn't die. But you did die. So you're in the afterlife. You're in the Viking afterlife, uh, a.k.a. their purgatory. And you're going to the 10th world called Valhelm. Your point, why are you going there? Well, you have to prove your worth. Are you good enough to ascend to Valhalla? Or are you going to end up in hell, the underworld? That's the whole point of the game. There's a lot of different things in the game that you do. Um, there's, There's... That's just that's just it in a nutshell. Um, now, how do you prove your worth? Well, you live, you survive, you you fight the evils in Valhelm, and you ascend to Valhalla eventually. Or you are like me, and you just die several times, and you spend most of your time going and getting your body. Which I actually just read just yesterday that they actually have a body recovery service. There's like these guys that'll join your server, help you get your body, and then bolt out. It just that reminds me of the whole thing on uh, Elite Dangerous, where if you're running out of fuel, you can actually post on this one Reddit channel, and they'll show up and refuel you so you can get back to wherever you got to go to. Or you can, I forget what that service is called, but it just reminded me of that. I'm like, those are some cool dudes. Like, just, yeah, we're here to help. Yeah, no, no, we don't want anything. We're just here to help. Yep, you're in trouble. We got your back. Uh, so let's go down this. First off, gameplay. Uh, Interface, typical third person. There's nothing really shiny about it. Um, The HUD is, if if you've played a third person game, survival game, you're used to the HUD. Uh, You got your quick slots, um, bouncing back and forth to your inventory, crafting, etc. I mean, it's it's all, it's pretty standard stuff there. It's not like they, they jumped out of a mold. Now, I say pretty standard stuff. That's not a bad thing. They took what works and they ran with it. They didn't. They didn't try to make something crazy or or try to find a niche there where that. You well, know, it makes me think of, of like Dead Space. Dead Space in my mind was one of those first real games, real horror games that got rid of the HUD completely and and they kept everything on screen that you need to see and and really cleaned up the screen in that way. Valhalla Iron Iron Gate Studio they didn't do that. They didn't. They didn't try to do. They didn't try to fight against that. Okay. They just went with the standard HUD, and it works. It does what it needs to do. It's, uh, again, if you've played other survival games, it's fairly intuitive. It doesn't need a lot of explaining on what you're doing there. Wish they would explain exactly how you can destroy a tool after you've made it, but other than that, I'm sure that'll come in some update, or hopefully it'll come in some update. Either that, or there's going to be a lot of worlds with just a pile of tools and I don't just mean a pile of people like me. I mean a pile of actual tools just sitting there. Um, that and those friggin' those eyes. 
Jeez, I mean, they just—they should make those the currency of the game. You, know, you just go to the trader and you're like, "Hey, I've got this bag full of ice," and he's like, "Yeah, so do I." Um, one of the nice things of the of the game is the food system. Now, the food system is not—it's it, okay. I say food system. Most of you will immediately think, "Ugh, I got to deal with hunger management." Yeah, you do, but it's not as bad as you think. So you start off which is a straight bar. It's got like two blocks in it on the bottom of your screen. And that's your stamina, we'll call it, okay? When you burn through those two bars, you just wait and it, it refills back up. Um, you can find different potions and stuff that'll enhance that and make it come back quicker. Uh, wearing different things will make it come back slower, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you got those two bars. Now, the fun part, you always have those two bars, okay? Those two bars never go away. So, the food system is you eat food and it expands those bars and you that food slowly breaks down in your system and it eventually goes away. But you're not always stressing to go find food. So you're not like crafting a huge building and going, oh, God, I got to go hunt. I got to go cook. I got to the food system doesn't take away from the gameplay. It's essential to the gameplay, but it doesn't take away from it. It it it. it, it Got rid of that monotonous grind that you have to do just to play the game. Um, you know, if you just want to be, you just want to treat it as a city builder and, and chop down trees and build a big, vast city, you can do that and never eat a bite. It'll take you a while, but you can do it. Um, if you want to progress in the game, though, if you want to progress in the game, you really you have to rely on the food system, um, unless you're just that good. And, uh, you know, not everybody's a robot like Ko, so you, you kind of have to rely on the food system. It, it's, it's pretty cool. You can, there's different recipes that you can find throughout. And at, as you, to find new recipes and whatnot, it's so far, as of right now, it's not nearly as, um, you, you don't have to go out and find this recipe and then you can make it. Basically, every time you pick up an item, you learn the recipes that are attached to that item. Now, whether it's going to stay that way or not, again, this game's early beta, so or, or, or early access, sorry. So all of that could change drastically as the game finally comes to release. But as of right now, you pick up a gold bar, everything, every recipe that's a gold bar is there. Um, you pick up uh, a piece of rotting flesh, every recipe for rotting flesh shows up. You pick up a diamond, every recipe for diamond shows up. Uh, I'm not saying there's diamonds in the game. I haven't got, well, there might be. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't found them yet. There's tin, gold, copper. Um, once you make up Ron's bar, you can then, you know, all the recipes there. So it's, it's nice in that fashion that you don't have to search around for all these recipes. You just go to the different biomes and those items that are in that biome, as soon as you get them, you immediately know how to make whatever it is. Which then brings me on to biomes. Uh, bi there's several different biomes in the game. Uh, there, you start out in the meadow, which is pretty much just like the easy player one or level one, and then the different biomes actually have different um, difficulties. I don't want to say levels because it's kind of weird. There's not really. A, I mean, there is a leveling system, but there's not a leveling system. Biomes. Let's go there first. So the different biomes have different difficulty levels in it. Uh, you go into the mountainous ranges and you find wolves. Oh boy, do those wolves kick your ass! Uh, in the meadows, you find those um, John Hurst or whatever the hell those things that drop the eyes. I don't even remember what the hell their names. I should have. I did the research. I should know what the hell they're called, but I don't. So sue me. But you find, uh, you know, you find deer and uh, and birds, and and if you see it, you can kill it. 
you know, if you see fish in, in the in the sea, you can fish and pick them up. Or you can try jumping in after them and mashing your E button as quickly as possible. Sometimes that works too. But anything that you see, if it's moving, you can kill it. Trolls, yep, you can kill the trolls. Skeletons, yep, you can kill the skeletons. Whatever, whatever you see, you can kill. Um, so the different biomes are nice because they have different, you know, they're different requirements. Uh, just like the mountainous range, if you stay in the mountainous range too long, you'll start getting cold and you'll die of frostbite or, or cold or whatever, or hypothermia, whatever. So you kind of have to run in, kill some wolves, get the material, get out, store it, go back in, kill some wolves until you get enough to make wolf hide armor. And then that protects you from the cold. And then you can transverse it all you want. Uh, there's ashlands and all sorts of other other different biomes. Uh, the cool part about each one of the biomes is that each one of the biomes, while it has its own difficulty level, also has its own boss. So how you progress in the game is you actually go to the different biomes and you kill the bosses. There's also there's also a level progression. The more you use a skill, the more levels you get in that skill. So if you swing a one-handed sword, you get more levels in one-handed sword. Um, you chop down trees, you get levels in tree chopping, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, there is a penalty. If you die, you lose skill points. So far, what I've seen is that it's not super drastic. It's not like, oh, God, I just lost half of it. Nah. It doesn't seem to be that bad. Uh, but you do lose it. And unfortunately, like me, since I die a lot, it means my skill levels never really get that far over 10. But if you play more conservatively and don't die as much... Uh, or let your friends run first and die, and then you come up and clean out, clean house, <clears throat> go. Then you get that. No, he's he's actually he just goes off on his own. He doesn't doesn't care about us. He just rattles on his own. And then when you're trailing behind, going, "Hey, I'm here. What am I doing?" Eh, you're dead. And he's like, uh, "Yeah, watch out for those things. They'll kill you." Um, but each biome has its own boss and and its own set of crafting materials in there. It, it's really the game is just designed around jumping to the different biome, making some sort of base or establishment, and then, you know, fighting that boss that's there. Now, traveling between the biomes, you've got a bunch of different ways that you can do it. Uh, you've got walking, of course. I haven't seen any mounted things yet. Like, you can't just mount a wolf or mount a troll. Uh, I mean, I guess you could pretend to, but... I mean, I just recently learned that you can actually tame wolves, which I thought was really badass. I've never tamed an animal whatsoever, but I'm going to try now. But you've got other travel systems that you can use. You've got boats. Um, you can make teleportation rings uh, out of those eyes that drop that you have four billion of. Uh, honestly, if you've been playing as long as I've been talking right now, you probably have no less than 50 of those friggin' eyes. Like, you just can't get around them. And it's not even like you got to go kill them. Something else will kill them. A troll will kill them. You'll walk by and pick the damn eyes up because they just drop. Uh, but uh, traveling around the world, it's it's pretty straightforward. It's it's in the old school Viking style, so you don't have anything that flies. Uh, there are cheats that allow you to fly, but those cheats will only work in single player mode. You can't do them in multiplayer mode if you've got a shared server. So you can kick that one off. Uh, there might be mods now that allow you to do that, but in vanilla game, vanilla Valhelm, nope. Um, what next? Oh, lore, lore and story. So you, you know the basic of the story. You're a dead Viking warrior and you're in Valhelm and you're working your way through and trying to figure out at the beginning, you get this cool little, uh, video intro, whatever of this crow. And it's explaining the whole thing of, you know, you're dead and now you got to prove yourself. Odin's all father, yada, yada, yada. 
I can't believe I said yada, 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 when like literally I'm supposed to drag this on for at least 45 minutes and I'm just, I'm bypassing it all. So I'm just, I'm, I'm yada, yada, yadaing myself into having to tangent. Ah, first world problems. Anyway, so the lore in the game, the story in the game, there is actually story and lore in the game. Uh, it's, it's a very, it's a very typical sandbox um, survival game, but in each one of the biomes, there's these stones or these, uh, what the hell are they called? Uh, runes or whatever. And, and you go up to them and they have little blurbs about the different things. Uh, like, for instance, that's how I found out about those things that drop the eyes. Those are actually the murdered, they are murderers' souls that have rotted underground and formed a cyst of, like, evil. And then they spring for, or a cyst of evil that pulls in stone and wood and then springs forth from the earth and tries to kill you. Which I found by reading one of those stone things. Actually, it was funny. We were all playing on the GNA server. And we were talking about, hey, I wonder where these things come from. Then all of a sudden I found that stone. I said, hey, this is where they come from. And everybody's like, oh, cool. So there's little stones around that uh, that that explain a whole bunch of different things. Some of them are just like one or two line blurbs. Some of them are a paragraph of information. But it's it's they're usually in plain sight, easy to get to, and just a quick read. There's nothing... It's not something that you're going to be sitting down and in like Skyrim, you're opening up a book and literally reading five pages of a book. It's nothing like that. You're just, you're going through and just finding these little blurbs. Uh, side note there, one of the things that I, as I was doing my research, um, this game was heavily influenced by Skyrim and another game. And I've already forgot what that other game was. Well, I, I just remember Skyrim was on there. Uh, so there you go. Um, so the, st I mean, the story is, is pretty sparse right now. My assumption is that they're going to expand on that or give you more opportunity to expand on that. Maybe find out a little bit more about the merchant, why they're there, who they are, uh, the different bosses that you're fighting. Oh, speaking of which, you also get to fight dragons or, or worms or whatever the hell you want to call them in, uh, in the mountainous area. Real fun. Uh, speaking of fighting, let's talk about some combat. So combat is, is pretty straightforward. You, you know, it's, it's Viking era weaponry. So you've got axes, swords, uh, pole arms, shields, bows. I think that covers the majority of it. Uh, and, and they progress up and do more damage depending on if you work on that skill. So I could grab one bow and do one amount of damage. And somebody else who's been using bows forever will pick up the same bow and do significantly more damage. And I say significantly. You know, it's, it's all relative on the actual bow and how much damage the bow does. So, you know, a regular crude bow doesn't do nearly as much damage as a fine bow or a hunter's bow. But as you progress through and you keep working with the different different um, weapons, you end up getting more skill and doing more damage. The way to get the weapons, so you don't just find them around. People don't just drop them. Well, they probably do. I just haven't found it. Uh, but usually you're making the weapons, which brings you to the crafting system. The crafting system is actually, it's pretty easy. Um, you don't have to worry about, like, decay of your material. So, like, you, you get wood and you store wood. You don't have to worry about the wood degrading because you left it outside or something. You don't have to worry about your steel to tools rotting. So, you do have to worry about your steel tools or your tools durability. 
So as you have a tool and you use it more, the durability of it goes down, and then you have to repair it at whatever whatever workstation. Cool part is, as of right now, there is no repair cost. So you jump in, you um, you start repairing a tool, and that's it. So the no repair the no repair cost is really really nice. You can craft everything from bonfires to walls to weapons to cauldrons. I mean, there, there's all sorts of things that you can craft in the game, and I'm assuming it's only going to get more as they start developing more, which I'm all for. Crafting's fun. The game really, uh, if I was to just put an analog to it, it, it has a very strong feel of like seven days to die to me, uh, just without the horde of zombies chasing you down. Uh, along the same lines of, of crafting, you've got base building or, or city building because <laughs> really what you end up doing is building cities, especially if there's more than one of you. Uh, you end up building, you know, a building for crafting, a building for storing stuff, a building for sleeping, a building for entertaining, you know, getting your uh, getting your stats up so that you can go out and fight. Um, and really, there's been some, I've seen some really cool designs. Uh, you know, one of the things that, one of the things that uh, Zyber did was, you know, we're, we're all sitting here building, you know, a wood establishment with wooden barriers around it. So when something comes along, it's got to deal with that. Um, there's Zyber over there. He's like, nah, I'm going to dig a quarry and I'm going to make a stronghold out of stone. Yeah. Yeah. He built a castle. He, he didn't build a town. He built a castle in the friggin' mountain. It's like. Dude, really? Like, really? She's like, yep. And then, you know what he does? Just to be a dick, he puts these totems around everywhere. I was like, really? You're going to put totems around? So now if I want to get into your stronghold, I literally have to break in. Which, I actually, I, I did in, inadvertently do that. I was being chased by wolves, and I found one of his little camps. I'm like, oh, God, I got to hide in here for the wolves. Um, couldn't get in, kept jumping around, ended up dying, and the wolves were attacking me through the wall, or end the wall, and ended up tearing down the wall, and then just tearing up his whole place. And then I went back to go get my body, and I had to tear down a wall to go get to my body, because the wolves were still there. Well, pain in the ass. But, those totems are something cool, so Valhelm has public servers, and when you jump on, if you want to build your base, but you don't want people just breaking in and just opening your doors, walking in and taking your stuff, you can throw these totems down and then they actually have to break in to get your stuff, which is both good and bad. I like the idea of having to break in because, you know, then you make a stone wall and they got to sit there and hack away on it and they actually got to break their way through. So, you know, you make a you make a too deep stone perimeter wall and they're not getting through it. You know, they might try to dig underneath it. But I ain't getting through it. And plus, digging underneath it's a pain in the ass, too, because there's physics in the game. So when you go to run through, if you, if you, if you dig down far enough, you've got to make you know, stairs and stuff to get back up. But you can't just put the stairs on nothing, because after the stairs get so high, they'll, you know, they'll fall over. Uh, just like if you're building a roof, when you put your, your mallet out to look at it, It'll actually be like a color, a yellow, green, blue, red, whatever. And it's basically the structural integrity of it. So if you see a bunch of red around, you're like, all right, well, I can't put anything on top of that because the roof will break and fall through. And then I got to rebuild it all, which I did that when I was building my, uh, my, my, what do I call it? My lake shack, the shack down by the river, um, a three story shack. Well, as I was getting up to the third story, I realized, oh, holy crap, 
This stuff just keeps falling on me. Well, that's when I realized, oh, I can make these beams that hold everything up. I guess that's logical, you know, engineering-wise and all. Uh, so you end up being, it's actually kind of fun, the, the whole city building, cityscape of it. You end up really cranking away and uh, and becoming kind of like little mini structural engineers. Now, I'm not talking you're like blue over there doing the whole friggin', you know, pie-dimensional thing on the wall and everybody's staring at him and going, well, all right, he's, he's, off, in, he's off in Rain Man land. Um, but it's fun. You know, it's, it's, it's a really, really entertaining, it's an entertaining pastime in the game. It, it, uh, it feels rewarding to me. And I'm not, I'm not one of those people that really, like, I enjoy crafting games, but I don't enjoy them so much that I'm like, I have to sit here and craft this whole time. I actually enjoyed building that little shack. And that tells you something. So if you enjoy crafting, you'll enjoy Valhalm's crafting and, and, and building, you know, uh, city building, um, yeah, so so far the servers can, as they are now, can handle 10 players uh, per server. So if you go public, it just means only 10 people can connect simultaneously. It's not that bad of a thing. Usually, I mean, I haven't seen too many worlds where there's more than 10 players. Granted, GNA is a small community, so there might be places out there where people are lining up to get into a, a server. But I gotta say, for for an early access game and, and early access always comes with a very distinct stigma in my mind of unfinished. And when a game's going to be unfinished like that, it just, you know, I always get that really, uh, it's like pre-ordering. I'm almost getting to the point where if it says early access on it, I'm not buying it. And I'm waiting for it to go full access, you know, full, full version release. And then I'm even waiting longer because I've seen too many people or too many devs where they'll just do a full release when it's really not done and they're just doing a full release so they can say that they're done with the game and then they move on, they just abandon it completely. I would be shocked if Valhelm abandoned their game or if Iron Iron Gate Studio abandoned their game Valhelm. It's gained so much steam right now. It would be, uh, it would be illogical. I mean, they got a lot, they're sitting on a gold mine. This game can make even more money if they, uh, if they keep, if they keep supporting it. So, one thing I mean I gotta I gotta just say is that the amount of polish, the amount of of completeness to the game, it's a fully playable game right now. Um, you can go in and find things to enjoy and work your way through. Whether you can get to the beginning or the end, I don't know. I haven't killed all the bosses yet. Um, from my understanding, you can kill all the bosses and they're good, but I don't know. I'm not there yet. Now I get to the part that is, is kind of like on the fence for me: the graphics. The graphics are like PS1 era graphics with, now here's the caveat, they're PS1 level graphics, but they have got an amazing um, particle system, the, a volumetric mist, um, rainfall, uh, you know, it, that makes up for uh, even the shadow play in it is really great. Uh, that makes up for, in my mind, a lot of the, you know, really, I don't know, low poly graphics everywhere else. Um, I'm waiting to see mods come out for this game that just take all the graphics and just kick them up to 11. Because this game, I could just imagine being stupid beautiful on, uh, you know, with... I don't know, a sky level, Skyrim level graphics or, you know, a Naughty Dog, got a Naughty Dog Last of Us. Like, that would be pretty cool. Like, graphics level of that, Valhelm, that would be pretty boss. 
So the graphics themselves, when you look at the game, they're kind of a turnoff. But with everything else, with all the rest of the gameplay that they have in the game, it it, it really does make up for it. it. It's not as bad as it seems. It's very entertaining. It's, it's very entertaining alone. It's very entertaining with friends. Uh, it's just a very entertaining game. So if you haven't played Valhelm, if you've been on the fence of whether you're going to get it or not, uh, you know what? Pull the trigger. Go get it. If you're looking for a place to go hang out and play, join the GNA uh, Valhelm server. Well, we've got it posted out there in our Discord. Join in. Grab it up. Uh, it's kind of sparse right now. I think uh, I think a lot of the GNA members have moved on to other games. So there's not a lot of people playing it. Zyber, I think, is bouncing back and forth. I think Zyber's focusing on his own personal save versus the server save. I bounce on there every now and then, and uh, I go try to find my body. It's pretty much all I ever do, because I go, I die, and then I go try to get my stuff back. Probably would just be easier for me to just start over and (laughs) build all the stuff again, but I don't know. I guess I'm anal that way. I gotta go get my body. Well, that's about all I got. Uh, This would be a lot longer if there were more people here. But hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Uh, reviews are how people help uh, find the show. So if you enjoy listening to, well, right now me, <laughs> go uh, go let other people know. Um, but hey, join the Discord if you if you want to come on and bitch and complain, or you want to just join on and, and talk some smack about something. Come on, join us. Everybody is uh, everybody's welcome on the GNA podcast. We like having people here. Uh, or why we'd also like me just sitting here talking alone because I can ramble on forever. I guess I just like to hear myself talk. Wow. It's pretty sad and depressing. Come be sad and depressing with us! Ah! No, I'm joking. No, we're not sad and depressing. <laughs> I promised myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> Alright, so, um, we're not doing anime night anymore. We gotta kick that back on. Uh, I gotta find somebody who just wants to, wants to do anime night again. Because I can't do it every week, unfortunately. I wish I could. Uh, but now that I'm out of school, I think I could I think I think could join in on anime night and really pay more attention to it. Because there's a lot of great animes. Maybe I'll start it back up with Monster and just do that. Because I really want to go back and rewatch Monster. I want to watch the whole thing all the way through. Because what I did watch of it, I was really enjoying. Then we watched like one season or, or like or like ten episodes or something like that. And we're like, ah, we're moving to something else. It's like, fuck. I was just getting interested. Uh, we don't do a horror movie night anymore. We still do watch horror movies, but... We're not just doing it publicly. Uh, if you want us to do that, send us an email. We'll, uh, I'd be happy to kick that back up if there's interest. We typically do those all on CastGG. If you got a better service, let us know. Uh, we might even just do it straight through our Discord, because it seems to be a lot easier to stream stuff through our Discord than it is through another service like CastGG. But Discord doesn't involve you having to sign up and all that other BS, so that might be turned off for some. We have a website at www.gnapodcast.com We're keeping it real simple for you there. Not making it super complicated. You can uh, you can hear us on Jesus. Uh, well, if you can channel him, he, he might actually hear us on him. Uh, but Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, iTunes, Google Play Podcast, um, you know, pretty much any, any place that you listen to podcasts, you can probably find the GNA Podcast there. If you can't, let us know. I'll find where we are on there, and I'll send you a link to it. I'm probably forgetting something on this closer, but uh, that's all I got. So, have a great night. Bye.